Today's scripture is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. I'm going to start off by claiming something about myself. I am truly a child of the 90s in what I'm about to share. So if you come up to my office, uh, there are a lot of things that you'll notice about myself. Uh, you know, I got pictures of different relationships and memories that I have through um, working in different churches and with different people. I, you know, have my education credentials on the wall that I worked hard for and somehow was able to earn. I um, have books that I've acquired over the years. But there's one thing that I have in my office that stands out. And, and when people come into my office, they look, and if it's an adult, they say, what on earth is this? And if it's a kid, they say, well, can I play with that? And so I have, a, it's about a, a two-foot Power Ranger action figure on my bookcase because I am a child who grew up loving the Power Rangers. Uh, my mom and dad probably thought I was a little too obsessed with the Power Rangers. Uh, I'm sure I've tried to beat up my brother a little too much because of them. But I, I am one that still today, I, I enjoy the Power Rangers. I, I will be honest, uh, one of my guilty pleasures is to go on Netflix and to rewatch out of nostalgia some of these old Power Ranger uh, episodes. But also, they still make Power Rangers for those of you that have kids. And uh, so I have this bad habit, I don't know if it's a bad habit, but I go on Netflix when they come up and I watch the very first episode about how they got their powers and the very end how they finally beat the bad guy and I skip in the middle because I, I'm not worried about that. 
Um, but for those of you that don't know what at all I'm talking about, Power Rangers uh, is this group of, of teenagers, right, that are chosen by somehow, sometimes it's coincidence, sometimes they're, they're chosen depending on what season and what group of rangers it is. There's different reasons why they're chosen. And when they're chosen, they then uh, acquire these, these powers, right? They acquire these powers that they're then able to morph into this mighty uh, fo uh, force that is the Power Rangers. And the Power Rangers are there because usually there's some type of bad guy who is coming into the world and threatens the world. And so this group of superheroes, essentially, are to come together with this strength that they have found and to beat the bad guys. Most of the time, they do. Obviously, there are some episodes they like to give you that cliffhanger, but I'm going to tell you the secret. The Power Rangers always win. But when I was reading the scripture today and I was thinking about transfiguration I, and I think about this idea of, of transformation, um, if we go into the original uh, Greek text, this word that comes out to be transformation, it also is the same as morph, right? And so we're thinking and hearing about uh, this, this morphing, this transformation, this transfiguration that happens just as it did for these teenagers that acquired this power and transformed in this mighty fighting force. And so we see where the three of the disciples, Peter, John, and James, they're following Jesus up and they see Jesus talking to these two individuals. And what's interesting about who it is thought that Jesus is talking to in this moment, it is Moses and Elijah. Two people that no one has seen for a very long time. Two people that it's, you know, thought and has been shared that they went up into the heavens with God. What's also significant about Jesus meeting with these two particular individuals is when we talk about Moses and we talk about the experiences of Moses and how we think of Moses in our lives, we, we really think of Moses when it comes to Scripture that is connected to the law, right? We think of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. We think about the Ten Commandments, the Sermon on the Mount. We think about Moses and him being the embodiment of what we know as the law in the Old Testament. And then we got Elijah, who is one of the most well-known prophets in Scripture. And so it's almost like he is this embodiment of the prophecies and the prophets that have come before Jesus. And now the three of them are talking, are speaking with one another, and Jesus is transformed. He's transfigured. Well, with Jesus talking to these two individuals, we think about how Jesus... <coughs> later in his ministry, will become kind of this fulfillment of 
the law, of the covenant, of the prophecies. He is the ultimate prophet. And so Jesus being transfigured in this moment. It's also, I think, important to, to point out where this comes in Jesus' ministry. Jesus uh, has begun his ministry. Jesus has uh, gone and he has gathered his disciples. We see that by the fact that uh, Peter and James and John are, are with them in this moment. Jesus has performed different miracles. But Jesus has a lot that's going to happen after this moment. Still many miracles that are going to be performed. And Jesus' ultimate um, sacrifice and his ultimate miracle in being resurrected from the dead that comes later. So this is kind of like in the middle, we'll say, of Jesus' ministry. And Jesus is having a conversation with Moses, who really encompasses that law that, that God has given us. Elijah, who is representing the prophets that have come before Christ. And then Christ is transformed. He's morphed. And, and when the disciples see this, I don't think they really acknowledge the magnitude of what's going on. Because we see where <clears throat> Peter is more worried about making three dwelling places. Making one for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. It is great that Peter wants to do that, but in this moment, it's almost like Peter is trying to say that they're all three kind of as important, maybe. And he missed this transfiguration that happens. He's missing where Christ is being transformed in a way that then Christ is able to go out and continue to embody the fullness of God's law, of God's prophets, before him, and God's purpose that is coming next. The disciples, I think, were meant to see this. They were meant to see this conversation and to see this transfiguration, to see Jesus, his clothing change into this miraculous, dazzling, white clothing because I think God was hoping that these disciples would continue to learn and to see who Jesus was and the magnitude of Jesus being the Son of God. And if, if they didn't in that moment, you know, they would have another chance when, when God kind of comes and speaks to them, right, with their ears saying that this is my chosen, my Son. Listen to him. But I also think that while it is so important that the disciples are seeing this, I think this says a lot about Christ in this moment. If this is in the middle of Christ's ministry, why is it in this moment that this transfiguration, this transformation, why is it that this is the moment it happens? Why would it not happen at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry? 
one of the characteristics of Jesus that, for our tradition, that we hold um, to a high importance is that Jesus is God in human flesh. And in, in acknowledging Jesus as God in human flesh, we acknowledge that Jesus, as, as we see, you know, when he is in the wilderness, which we'll talk about next week, where he is tempted just as we are, we see where Jesus has the same emotions and struggles through his humanity as we do. We see Jesus weep and grieve through Scripture. And so Jesus is dealing with a lot of the same human aspects that we do in our lives because he is fully human. And I think in this moment, this transfiguration that we just read about and this transformation that is happening is a moment where Jesus continues to acknowledge of, of who God is and continues to open up his heart so that God's work may be done through him. It was another step for Jesus so that he may be able to go and to embody God's love and God's presence and God's mercy and justice in the world. And this was the moment where he opened up his heart and continued to grow and to be ready for the moments that would come. And when we see how Jesus, being open and ready to continue to grow and continue to move forward towards the purpose that God had for him, and this transformation, it leads me to think of my own faith. Moments where, as a child, I, I say, you know, I believe in God. I, I believe in Jesus Christ. And I did believe in those. But as time goes on, me being able to open up my eyes and my heart and my mind so that transformation within my own self could happen. So that through Christ's transformational love that we claim, my life could be transformed. It could be transformed in a way that I better exemplify God's presence and God's love and God's mercy and God's compassion and God's peace on a world that is broken. on a world that is struggling. How is it that I can continually let Christ's transformational love transform me in what I do so that my actions exemplify God's glory in the world? How can we all take that transformational love that we continually talk about each week, that we continue to believe in, 
and actually let it transform our lives in ways that we never thought could happen. So that we can exemplify and be God's presence on earth. Because we have a God that is bigger than we will ever be able to comprehend. And so for us to continue to open our hearts and to be transformed a little more every day, to take that love and that presence and share it in the world so that others too will be transformed by God's love. If Christ can be in this moment and can be transformed, Christ who is the Son of God, then why can't we be transformed so that we better fulfill God's purpose on our lives? I, I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't even know what that looks like for me in this moment. But I know, and I pray, that we all continue to work towards being transformed. Transformed in ways that better embody who God is in the world. A world that's searching. Searching for peace. A world that's hurting and grieving a world that's searching for light and love and compassion a world that's searching for justice and mercy and forgiveness how can we be transformed how can we be transformed and I will be transparent and claim this a hundred percent uh, when we talk about transformation and opening up our hearts and, and the thought is, oh, that's so easy because, man, it's, it's God. I, I trust Him. No, it's not. Because it means putting down our own desires at times. It means doing for others before ourselves at times. It's not easy. And we're not going to do it right the first time. And that's okay. What's important is that we continue to try to work towards more transformation in our lives so that we can continue to share and help others be transformed by God's unconditional love that we claim through Christ's resurrection and so that we can continue to help the light outshine the darkness of our broken world. So let us all be transformed and transfigured and morphed into people that fulfill God's will on earth. So that we may be in community with one another and we may acknowledge that we 
no matter who we are, where we're from, we are all a part of one body, the body of Christ. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we just thank you for your transformational love. For the ways in which you continue to work through us, around us. And as we continue to grow in our faith and our understanding, also help us open our hearts so that we may be transformed in ways we never imagined were possible. And that through that transformation, we be able to fulfill your purpose and helping others too know that they are loved and that they too can be transformed and that we may all be able to embody your peace, your presence, your love, your grace and the hope in all that we do. The hope that comes through Christ Jesus. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.